Bhutan hosted the world's highest ultramarathon from October 13th to 17th this year. The snowman race is inspired by His Majesty the King's vision to protect our natural environment and preserve the culture of remote communities. 29 ultra-athletes, of which 20 were international, participated in the first snowman race. Although it was extremely dangerous, not a single life was lost, but many lives were changed. Race director and running legend Luis Escobar says it was nothing like what he had ever done before. This episode of the podcast was recorded at the same time as Lewis's Road Dog podcast. Kusa Zangpo and welcome to Hello from Bhutan. I am Namge Zang. So we're here sitting in a room at Lemon Tree. I am catching up with Lewis Escobar, who is the race director for Snowman Race and several other races. He's just come back from Gaza. I think it hasn't even been 20 minutes since he arrived in Thimphu. <laughs> And Thamcharinzen from the Tourism Council of Bhutan. He's the Chief Tourism Officer and also at the Snowman um, Secretariat, Snowman Race Secretariat. And this is why Thamcharu is back again on Hello from Bhutan. Tell us a little bit about this experience, Thamcharu. This is, I mean, you've run before in the same terrain at almost the same altitude, but it was not the Snowman Race. Yeah. So what was your experience like this time? I mean, this okay. is the first Snowman Race. Thank you, Namke. I think it's great to be back uh, talking to you. And of course, uh, Luis, my colleague here. Uh, I ran the first snowman run that was uh, from Gasasachu, Ponjothang to Laya's, just two days. Nothing compared to what they've done this year, or the top athletes, uh, nothing. But I've tracked that route, uh, so 11 or 12 days, they did it in five days, amazing days. So it's been a wonderful experience for me, I really enjoyed it. I mean, of course, meeting wonderful people, top athletes, Luis, I think we have been talking about this since 2019. So it's been such a wonderful experience, it's so, I'm so glad that this has happened, you know, uh, COVID really didn't... Uh, let it happen you know we've been pushing pushing two and a half years now to see this come uh, come through and then and to you know this to, to happen it was just a wonderful experience and some you know sometimes there were emotional experiences Louise, you, you agree you know tears i mean wonderful experience that we had Louise, your experience i mean you've uh, been the race director for several really test your limits and endurance kind of races right mm, sure. and the snowman race i mean this is nothing new for you but it definitely would have been different how is this different well, coordinating events is nothing new to me but coordinating events in this environment is very different for me and it's important too to right off the bat just say that yeah, i have been involved since the inception of the race and they did give me the title race director, but the reality is I'm here more of a, as a consultant, just helping and uh, directing. Um, but there's a lot of people that have been involved with this event. It's not just one person making any decisions. And what's been really interesting and unique about, well, there's a lot of things that are unique about this race, but one of the things is the fact that it's being organized by the Bhutanese people. This is a race produced by the people that live here. There's not, there's no professional race production company here. Mm -hmm. It's just a group of very creative, dedicated, dynamic professionals that have a common vision. And each one of these people has a role and they take it very, very seriously from the people in the con command center, the helicopter pilots, the medical advisors, the, the, the medical doctors, the weather, advisors, uh, the communications team, the social media teams, and the Royal Bhut Bhutanese Army. There's And many, many more. It's impossible for me to name all of the people that were involved in this. The board of directors. What's amazing about this race, and you're right, I go to a lot of races. Almost every weekend I'm coordinating something somewhere. 
but nothing like this. And it's what's beautiful about it is it's from you. It's from the Bhutanese people. It's a gift to the international athletes. And it's an event with a mission, with a statement, with a purpose. Most races are commercial ventures. They're designed to, to raise money. That's not the case here. Here, the mission is, the statement is, to create awareness about climate action and climate change and the issues that are happening in these mountains to these people. I, was, I just got back from Laia. I mean, I just got out of the truck just 10 minutes, 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and I see with my own eyes the people that are impacted first mm -hmm. by the things that are happening in the mountains. Mm -hmm. They're the people that, that have contributed least to the problems with climate change. But they're the first ones that are impacted by it in a very negative way. And it's it's obvious when you're there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the race, what's unique about it, obviously, is the environment. It's a big race course, high altitude, very dangerous. So there's that. Then there's the fact that I live 7,500 miles away from here, and I don't speak any Bhutanese languages. <laughs> so there, that's a challenge. But we've overcome all, all of that. And, um, you know, the race concluded just a few days ago on October 17th. And it was, I, I think, a success. Don yeah. Cho, is yeah, everybody right. happy? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, How are you feeling, yeah. the two of you? I mean, right at the end of it. It's uh, a lot of emotions, you know, uh, and uh, especially to see our colleagues do well, especially to have this happen, even to happen, and to have the blessings from Ismas, the king. Of course, this is his project. Uh, he's been up in Lunana, Laya, a couple of times, and he's seen the impacts of climate change to the people up there. And like Louis said, they have nothing to do with it. I've mm. tracked myself and the two stories I shared and I, will share, I want to share here is during the Bhutan climate change conclave is one is having to sleep next to a glacier falling. You know, there's every night there's like the big chunks mm. of glacier falling and you can see, hear the noise and the uh, horsemen would tell us that we would be the first ones to be washed away. So I had to really constantly uh, camp in, in a fear, you know, mm. and imagine these people have to live in constant fear all the time. It's not fair for them. Mm. And then the other story that I share is, you know, in Lunana, there's a big, Un I call it the unwelcome beach. After the, the Tortomi, I think, the landslide. The land was fertile for them. They could use it for playground. They could use it for camping ground to make money. They could use it for so many other things. But flood happened and it's a complete uh, desert, you know. Mm. And desert is no use for them. So there are impacts like that happening for people. And it's very important. And this is uh, why His Majesty uh, started this, the whole idea of snowman race, to let people like us, people like Louis, like top athletes from other, uh, other parts of the world, to see for themselves and experience for themselves that climate change is real and this is being impacted. So that's why the snowman race, the goal of snowman race is really protect and preserve, preserve the natural environment and then, of course, the living culture of people out there. Mm -hmm. So understanding this and having people live through this and being part of the organizing committee or the secretariat, I feel very, very honored to be part of this. And I also feel very special. Sometimes very emotional. I see the, you know, uh, our, our athletes getting very emotional because they could experience this. And it's been a very unique experience for them. And be, be me being part of this has been very special. Both of you actually hiked that. Did you run it? Because you are a legend yourself when it comes to <laughs> ultra-athleticism. So a, did I'm, you? <laughs> I'm a mature legend, let's say that. <laughs> I have done plenty of running and racing. In a, um, I'm older now. But yeah, I've seen the entire course from start to finish. Mm -hmm. uh, we were here in August this year, so just a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. um, one of our international production team members, uh, Chris Clemens and myself, and uh, Sonam and Sonam, Sonam Rinchen. <laughs> the two Sonams. Let me tell you something. Uh, 
about Bhutan. You guys have a lot of sonams. A lot of numgis too. <laughs> so Sonam Rich and Sonam Uda and, um, and, and, and some other folks that were part of the organization, we, uh, we hiked the entire course from start to finish mm. from Lagasazong uh, all the way into Bhutan. Just over 200 kilometers. And it took us 14 days. And we had a full staff of horses, cooks, guides, porters, the whole thing. And so it was important for us to see the race course so I could understand what we were putting people into. We were also there to identify specifically where our night halts or our aid stations, our night camps would be set up. And then we also wanted to measure the race course. So we used GPS devices. I used my Coros Apex or my Coros uh, Vertex 2, which is a watch, a GPS watch. And I used that to create that line, the mm-hmm. line that we've been working on for the last several weeks. So we made a map. Mm-hmm. So the answer is yes. I've seen the whole thing from start to finish. And that was an amazing experience on its own. Just to be on the snowman trek for 14 days, uh, it was incredible. 14 days is like a yeah. really quick duration because I think for the ordinary Bhutanese who is yes. not a Highlander, yes. isn't it 20 to 21 days, the entire route? I was told that if you start from Paro all the way to, I think it goes to Trashyang, it's 41 or 42 days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Luis and I did it in less number of days because it's, it was part of our work. So if it's for somebody like a tourist a visitor, then they would actually camp and spend a day and then go. So I mm. think it'd be more than 14 days. But mm. for us, it's just work, work, work mm-hmm. and less of less of having fun. Mm. Right? Let, let me tell you what I saw up there. I mean, it, in addition to the obvious beauty and the rugged mountains and all the things that you would expect from a hike like this, I believe that His Majesty the King had this vision to send ordinary people there athletes there to see what was happening. And let me tell you something, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a meteorologist or a geo, none of that. I just put on running races and I'm a photographer, that's it. But I, I went into those mountains and, and with my untrained eyes, it's obvious what is happening. You can see where glaciers are and you can see where the glaciers used to be. And there's a big difference. And what Domcho was saying, every single night, we're hearing ice falling. We're hearing rocks falling. You don't have to be a scientist to go there and yes. see that, this, that something is happening. The glaciers are deteriorating right in front of your eyes. It's obvious. And so I, I don't know what is causing it. And I don't know what the solution is to, to stop it. My assignment was to take people up there mm-hmm. and show them and, and, and for me to go there. And, and we did that. And the organizer, the person whose vision, it's genius to send people like this up there, trail runners in particular, mm-hmm. they're outdoor people. They appreciate the outdoors. They appreciate the environment. So His Majesty the King's re- really brilliant to create this event and then to send these type of people up there. For one reason, they're the only kind of people that can do it, you know, quickly get get through the mountains. So anyway, we sent uh, 29 people up there and they saw what I saw. And I know that it touched them. It resonated with them. And they left here a few days ago and they left as ambassadors and they left as messengers. And I think that was the goal of, of the event. Congratulations. Then the objective uh, was realized, I think, the way you directed the race and the whole purpose of this. 
climate change, did you think about it or did it seem as urgent to you before you came in and directed the snowman race or has this experience changed how you look at climate change? Yeah, it's changed because I was there and I saw it with my eyes. In fact, I was there today. I was in Laia this morning. I've seen things that I did not see or understand, you know, three months ago mm. before I got here. So yeah, anybody that goes there, it's going to impact them. Mm -hmm. There's no question about it. And what about you, Thamchurup? Did you think, I mean, did you, this was anticipated because this was the objective of the whole snowman race. It was His Majesty's vision and he said, it's a race um, to drive home the point, uh, the urgency of climate change, right? Yes, yes. And, uh, but did you anticipate that it would move the participants and the people involved in the snowman race in this manner? Honestly, I think uh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't anticipate that uh, it moved the participants so much that it it, it did. Uh, I think it's, it's wonderful to see, and I think uh, Louise and of course Thomas, uh, who are involved in in selecting the people, have done a wonderful job. I think uh, these are not just top runners, but they're very committed to what they want to do, and especially in climate change. And I mean, I've interacted with all of them, and I still do and keep in touch. And I always, uh, you know, makes me quite emotional is what Luke Nielsen told me. You know, I think when they flagged off in Gaza. The, uh, the Lamnitin or the, the airport there I said to him, just said to all the runners that open your you know, hearts to the mountains and the people and, the, and the, the, the lakes and the rivers you see. And that's how they started. I think it was quite a blessing for them. And, and Luke always shares, shared this, this story about how he opened his, you know, his, his hearts. And having to see all these impacts uh, by these runners, I think it's, it's something that's it's, it's beyond what I anticipated, I think. Uh, and I'm very, like I said, I'm very happy that this has happened, of course, to, uh, to, to realize the, the vision of His Majesty uh, to let people see and tell the stories of it. I think not just the, not just the runners, I think the pictures and the videos and the posts that we make, everything, I think uh, it's, it's something that it's much more than what I anticipated. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's wonderful, yeah. Luke Nelson is a great athlete and, a, and a, just a beautiful man. And he yes. came here ready. He came here ready mm -hmm. to witness and experience. And he did come here with an open mind and an open heart. And I know that Luke, Hopefully you're listening, Luke. I know that he, again, left here as a messenger yes. for what's happening in these mountains and, in fact, across this globe. And about the selection of the athletes, and you're right, Damcho, we had a task which was to review many, many applications and find a group of athletes that, not, that weren't just athletically capable and then also have the resources to be here for almost three weeks, but most importantly, to come here with Again, your words, an open mind and an open heart. And I think we did a pretty good job with that. I feel very, very good about the athletes that came here. I'm grateful that they took the time out of their lives to come here and participate and experience. And um, I, I'm certain that, that their, their time here is, uh, is important to them. It's something that they're never going to forget. Ashley was going to bring up Luke Nelson. He's one of the three runners who finished together. Was that a surprise for you? I mean, have you seen this happen in the other races that you organized? Because for me, that was the highlight. Like I told them, I was like, can I talk to these three? But they were so busy, they didn't have time. And I was like, I find this amazing because, I mean, yes, we've seen sportsmanship at the Olympics, etc. This was not easy, right? The five days and to have it. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I want to run faster than by a second or two seconds. But to have all three of them end together. Right. That's, that's not uncommon for a really challenging event like this and they came here to compete but that wasn't their primary focus so beating somebody by a second or a minute <laughs> or an hour or a day wasn't really why luke nelson was here 
Uh, that's not really why Gabe Joyce came here or Nate Bender or any or, or Simon Matui. You know, they came here to experience the mountains, to see the impacts of climate change. And so watching them all finish together, yeah, it was it was a beautiful moment. I don't think any of them were thinking, I want to beat this guy. I don't think that was the even in their minds at all. Mm-hmm. Interesting you tell me that. I think Simon uh, told us that he was invited to, to do Everest, uh, to, to climb Everest, or I think somewhere in Nepal yeah. in event. But he chose Bhutan because he believed in the story. I think he mm. believed in, in, in the goal of the race. So mm. that's why Simon said he was here. Uh, he was offered another uh, another uh, to join another event in, in mm. Nepal in Everest. But they were, I think, so all these athletes had their own goal of why they're here, not just competing. I think competing was probably secondary, I would say, the primary goal of something that, that they wanted to experience this and be part of this race, mm-hmm. the goal and the mission of the race. Yeah? I think you're right. Uh, Simon is uh, from Tanzania. He's a professional guide on uh, Kilimanjaro. And same with the people in Lunana and Laya, where he lives. Again, these people are, are not contributing to the problems of, of climate change, but they're the first ones to be impacted by it. And so I think that's one of the reasons why Simon wanted to be here, because the same issues that are happening here are happening in his community. And so uh, you're right, he did pass up uh, uh, an opportunity to um, compete somewhere else, but he chose to come here. And we're very fortunate to have uh, somebody like Simon. And I don't know if you saw him finish, but everybody was moving towards him. They wanted to see him. All the children came running to him. They wanted to touch him. They wanted to hold his hand. I don't think, probably it's very rare that somebody from Tanzania would be in Buntang. Running. Yes. Yeah. And that tall, right? Yeah, Simon's very, very you tall. You cannot miss Simon. No, he, no, he looks very, very unique in his community. And, and, and the children were coming to him at the finish line. There was, I don't know, I don't know what the estimate was, but more than a thousand people, probably close to 2,000 people and a lot of little kids. And they were running to him and he got down on his knees and he was shaking their hands and greeting them. And yes. it was a really, really beautiful moment. I'm, I'm very emotional, I think you're talking about it, because I saw myself of how the runners and the people they're receiving came together. Mm. Uh, and like I kept saying that they were they were in tears. I think they were, they, they just didn't expect this was happening. This, this is this is actually a very unique race for them. Yeah, mm. So I think a lot of emotions. And and so, like I said, I think, um, I don't know, Luis, I think whenever I talk about snowman race, I just feel very emotional about it. I think it's a very special event. Mm. And witnessing this, I think, uh, I hope we managed to capture some of this because we wanted to produce a documentary of Race, uh, no, there hopefully. is a documentary. I was just going to ask yeah. you, have you so, documented yes, this yes. experience? So we have, uh, we have documented. So hopefully we'll be able to show mm. everyone that's into who are interested really. Uh, but I think it's being part of this. It was it meant more than the race. And mm. this is supposed to be, how it's supposed to be. Mm. The vision of this uh, snowman race is not just a race. It's about mm. much more than that. It's the environment, the people up in mountains. And yeah, so to see this happen, I think, uh, come together, it was such a privilege. When the whole creation, the inception of snowman race happened, I think, we were looking outward to see, can we send the message out to Bhutan? But I think what the snowman race also ended up doing is it raised awareness even among our own people, you know? Mm, I, I don't yes, think there was yes. an event that was followed as closely as the snowman <laughs> race yes. like that I can think of in recent memory, you know? Right. It's like I'm watching to see the updates, you know, who's yeah. reaching when and the kind of social media following yeah. there was. So I think it was a very engaging yes. experience for even Bhutanese. I can tell you this. Um... I'm nobody, you know, I'm not Bhutanese, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm just here like a tourist. And I'm telling you, I can't walk outside of this hotel without somebody saying, oh, are you Escobar? So people, people will 
people in this country were watching the race. Yes. And I, I've been here, so I haven't been outside yet. So I, 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 it's hard for me to understand if the message got out into mm. international, um, you know, social media pages or mm. not. Because I've been in the, the the eye of the hurricane here. So I, <laughs> I'm assuming mm-hmm. that. Uh, when I get home, mm-hmm. that people within the, the American or the you know the the U.S. trail running community mm-hmm. are going to be aware mm-hmm. of what's happened here. And I, you guys might not know this because you you're here, you're Bhutanese, but a lot of people don't even know uh, where Bhutan is, yeah. or they've never even heard of Bhutan. <laughs> That's true. Um, so just that right there, if we've um, touched and created awareness just about the kingdom of Bhutan, that's a big step. A lot of folks that I know, and I know a lot of people, when I first started talking about I'm, I'm coming to Bhutan, they thought it was in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And we're very much not in the Philippines here. <laughs> so just that right there, mm-hmm. um, creating awareness about this country, and then the next step, creating awareness about the Climate things that change, are happening up right. there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, no, I mean, we're, a, we're known as a carbon sink. Yes. It's so sad that we're among the first ones to experience the adverse effect of climate change, you yeah. know, um, the Himalayan people. Besides climate change, I think one other thing there was also how we have ultra-athletes in Bhutan, right? I was also reading this piece by the first journalist of Bhutan, Tasha Kinedoji, in Quinsal had come out and he was saying how we've heard about these feats, you know, of Bhutanese people covering massive distances within a day. But I never thought in my, like, I would see them with my eyes. Like, I would see these people. Did you expect that it would be Bhutanese who would lead the let, race? Let me tell you something. You have a gold mine of endurance athletes here in this country that nobody's ever heard of. It's amazing the the quality of the athletes. The Royal Bhutanese Army, these folks that are part of that program are incredible athletes, especially in this environment. So did I think that they were going to do well? Well, I, I've met some of them in the past and I, I knew that there was going to be no problems. In it. And the selection process that happened here, um, so those of you that are listening, they, the Bhutanese uh, organized a, a selection of yes. races, yes. a series of races. And so the five men and but three women. Yeah, uh, four women, nine in total. Okay, total of nine. So they weren't just, uh, you know, weekend recreational yes. runners. Yes. These are, are people that have trained yes. specifically for this event and mm. gone through a series of qualifications to get onto that starting line. Mm. Um, what I saw with the Bhutanese people is that they came to win. They came to uh, to compete, and there was nothing was going to stop them. They all started, and they all finished, um, top uh, male and female, both Bhutanese. And I'll tell you what the next step is. What my my dream is to somehow get a team of Bhutanese athletes to come and race in the U.S., mm-hmm. come to a really large, high profile race, mm-hmm. and put those Bhutan jerseys on them, and send them up into the mountains to compete with international athletes on a big, big stage. And that would be another step towards creating awareness about what's happening here. I hope that we can make that happen. I'd love to be part of that project if it ever happens. Yes, mm-hmm. it'd be wonderful to, I think we, we have been discussing about this. I think it'd be wonderful to have all athletes represent Bhutan in other international uh, top man races. Mm, it'd be nice if tourism yes. <laughs> council of Bhutan got involved in this. <laughs> I've never heard of a Bhutanese runner, you know, uh, in the U.S. And I've been around the, the running community for quite a long time so it would be very unique and sure it would it would uh, take some resources to get people there yes. but i think we might be able to find some help yes. um, to make that happen mm-hmm. and uh it would be a 
big step. Yes. And it yeah. would change the lives of these athletes. Totally. And it would create awareness about what's happening here. It would yes. just be a good, good for everybody. Yeah, it's a yeah. win-win for everybody. Exactly. I had no idea that the process uh, of selection was yes. so rigorous for Putinese. Yes, yes. Uh, so we had, like Louis said, uh, we had the selection run. We did mm. it from Mutetang to Paro. So one night halt in Jimilamsu. Mm. So we had that. And then after that, again, we had one month. So we had this shortlisted uh, few people, men and women. And they did one month training, September mm. month. They did mm. training. At the end of training, so there was a coach with them. So taking notes of uh, everything they did, they did. And at the end, they did a physical test. Mm. So that's how they were selected. So like Louis said, so these were not just random guys running. Mm. They were just really... They, they were far from just random guys <laughs> running. Yeah. It was very impressive. Uh, the first place uh, male's name was Gawa. Yes. And let me tell you, that, that kid can run. He's 22, no? Yeah. I had my bets on him. I told him, I said, I think Gawa's going to win this race on the second day. Uh, he came to win. Mm. Uh, and he did. Mm-hmm. No question about it. <laughs> just the first day itself was amazing. Yes. I think uh, that he finished the first day so quickly, yeah. right? Less I think than, it amazed a lot of Putinese. Less than seven hours. Then the top female, uh, a young lady named Karma, oh, and she's from Laya. Yes. And uh, I saw her just a couple days ago. I was <laughs> up in Laya, and there she was hiking to the festival, just like everybody else, mm-hmm. with a baby strapped on her back. And right. she's, you know, she's just like a normal person, but she's not. She's a superwoman. Mother yeah, of three. I agree. And mother of three, right? Three she's like two, three yeah. children. Yeah. I was amazed. Yeah. I was like, how does she do that? But I think for me, just besides, I think the fact, like the vision of the snowman race, why it's happening, I think it's so noble yes. uh, because I feel so strongly about environment mm. and climate change as well. But also, I think what I did not expect was this emergence of these Putinese ultra athletes, you know, like we did not use this terminology to describe them or to put them under this category. But then now this is an amazing new area that... Get used to it. <laughs> I think that this, uh, you're right, this could be the beginning of something really, really special. Yes. The trick is getting them out into the international scene, which is yes. a challenge. Yes. But uh, boy, oh boy, I think that they do very, very well, especially in high mountain races. Finally now, Louis, having directed so many races, I mean, I read one that's called a Spartan Trail as well. Just reading it, I was like, my God, I don't think I could ever do this in my life. So you have um, like peak races, Copper Canyons, right? And now Canyon. you have the Snowman Race. Yes. So which one has moved you the most because well, running is a spiritual experience almost yeah. for you right it's not almost a it spiritual is. experience <laughs> we're running with the earth and on the earth and we become part of the earth and wherever i do that whatever continent i happen to be on it's special endurance athletes are special people and i can say that i've spent a lot of time in the copper canyons with the tarahumara uh, indigenous runners there very similar feeling to what's happening here I, I don't have a favorite, but I can tell you that it's all moving. Just to go into the mountains, to be on the dirt, under the stars, with the big trees, running along glaciers, you're not just moving through the landscape. You become part of the landscape, and you can't help but to feel that. Whether you're in a big mountain here in the Himalaya, or you're deep in Death Valley, or a jungle in Nicaragua, it's all special. And His Majesty the King, I, I don't know how, but he, he knows that. And he created this event. Mm. He picked the right group of people. And it's going to resonate all mm. around the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to be here, part of it. Mm. sure you weren't an endurance athlete, but you had to, I mean, you, it was an endurance test of sorts for you as well. 
sleepless nights you're posting mm. to your personal social media <laughs> the eyes are swollen not enough sleep so it was a hard experience for you too this is why you feel so gratified now yeah I remember there was something in one I went to bed at 2am in the morning 4am I get a call saying there's something you know and I think there's some miscommunication I get out of my bed work, work. Oh. yeah that, that morning remember uh, but it was such a special privilege uh, uh, experience for me and I must also thank Please don't cut this out. I must thank all the people involved. I think they also had sleepless night, especially that five days because the race was kicking off at 6 a.m. in the morning. We had to make sure that everything was okay, especially the weathers and the athletes. And then we had to be uh, in the control room till the last uh, runner finishes the point and then prepare the uh, the results and posts and things like that. So yes, it, it was, uh, I think we... We had uh, zombie-looking, we used to call zombie-looking uh, workplace <laughs> there with hair all over. The, so, so it was such a wonderful experience. And yeah, we, I mean, I mean, I don't, it, it wasn't really feeling like a work, you know. Mm. It was just such a special thing that's happening right in front of your eyes for that we had prepared for more than uh, two years. So it was such a mm. special moment and really didn't feel like work. Mm. And so privileged and so good to have all this team, mm. you know, uh, uh, up in the uh, parks, forest, uh, like Luis has mentioned, quite a lot of agencies involved. Uh, mm. All came together and it was a showcase and uh, for Bhutan as well. Uh, such a wonderful experience. It didn't feel like work at all, even mm. even though we slept. I think I remember someone I'm sleeping in the car going to Bhutan. Yeah. It's just <laughs> all over the place. So we did that. I think wherever we got chance, we took nap naps. But it was just a mm. fantastic experience for me. Do we have time? Can we talk yeah, a little sure. bit about um, some of the logistics involved? Mm. Um, I want the listeners to hear this. I want international athletes. If you, I think that maybe some people didn't come to this event because they were skeptical about a first year event like i'm not sure i want to go there and put myself at risk mm -hmm. we need to see if this thing is a success mm -hmm. and it was it is and because of all of the people that were involved and it's far more people than i know but let's just talk about this there were there were four overnight camps so there's the start yes. line the finish line, and then four overnight camps yes. in between. The first camp was at 16, 000, over 16,000 feet. Yes. I'm not sure what that is in meters. 16,000 feet. So just the logistics of getting the staff there to the one night hall, one aid station, I believe that there was over 30 horses, a staff of probably close to 10 people, mm -hmm. and it took two days for them to, to hike in there. Yes. And then they stayed there until all the athletes arrived, on day one, and then they stayed there till all the athletes made it to the second yes. night hall, yes. which took six days to hike in with. Yes. Again, another 30 horses, another staff of 10 people. Yes. And so this went on and on and on yes. throughout the mountains. The, the, the staff that was out there was there more than two weeks mm -hmm. for one night of, of receiving yes. athletes. Yes. There were over 80 people across the race course that were there for support. The Royal Bhutanese Army was set up with checkpoints all yes. the way along. Mm -hmm. They were sweeping. And what that means is that the, with the last runner, a member of the Royal Bhutanese Army was there to escort the people, make sure they made it safely to where they were supposed to go, to the night camp. This went on and on for five days on the race course. In addition to that, there was helicopters that were ready to go if there was an emergency search and rescue, um, full communication staff all the way across the mountains. And all of it was be con being controlled here in the capital city of Tempu. At the army base, there was a big command center where there was another 15 people yes. mm. monitoring every movement of every athlete from the moment they started at 6 a.m. on the 13th 
till the moment everybody was off the race course on the 17th. It was amazing. Yes. <laughs> so logistically, you think the snowman race is nothing like what you've done no, before? No, this is mm. but far more complex and far more dangerous than anything I've ever been involved with. And I've been in a lot of races. I've mm -hmm. helped, uh, you know, I worked on a lot of stuff. Mm. And like I said at the beginning of this, everybody had an assignment. Everybody had a role to play. There was far more than 100 people involved in making this thing happen. From the chairman of the board of directors to the people that are still out there on the race course right now, removing the ribbons, cleaning the course mm. up. There's people still out there. We were there today in Laia. We, mm. There's still people out there. The race ended on the 17th. Today's the 25th. It snowed today. It snowed so, like yeah. crazy today. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Everybody had a role to play. Mm -hmm. And nobody's asking for credit. They mm. just want to contribute mm -hmm. and be part of this. So from the very top, I mean, even above the chairman, <laughs> to the people that are out there right now picking mm. up ribbons, mm. everybody in between. Dongcho, myself, Sonam and Sonam. <laughs> I love how you say Sonam and Sonam. <laughs> it's like it's, Laurel and Hardy. Sonam and Sonam and Sonam and Sonam. There's at least 10 Sonams. Everybody had a role. Everybody took it very seriously, mm. very professionally. Mm. And the result is beautiful event. Thank you for sharing this it's an amazing experience. I'm glad I managed to get Damchu to get you to sit down and do this podcast with me. And so grateful to His Majesty, so grateful to all of you involved yes. in this. And thank you for letting us be a part of it vicariously. It was such an enjoyable, such a heart lifting experience. And I think after two years of the pandemic, to have something like the snowman race happen, it was exciting. So many people, I mean, mm. young children to elderly folk, yes. to people who never run and to people who mm. run and now mm. want to take it seriously. So thank you for all of that. And I look forward to the next snowman race. Can I just end by saying thank you to everyone that trusted me mm -hmm. and yeah. supported me. And I've said this many times on this trip. I'm a better person because of the people here. And, and Bhutan is a special place because they're special people. And this race... It's a race for climate change, and it's a race for humanity, and I'm happy to be part of it. Thank you all. I have to say something, okay. I, you know, uh, earlier, uh, uh, Namke was asking me, what is my title, The Snowman Race? Yeah, what is your I title? Asked, I really don't know. I was like, how do I? Yeah, Dr. why don't you tell us who you He's are? He's a yeti at The Snowman Race. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I'm a yeti. But I, I was telling her I have no title, The Snowman Race. It's just that I feel part of it, and I pushed myself into it. Of course, the... Uh, to be part of a special event. So I've really no title of the Snowman Race, but I'm very glad that I'm part of it and I will continue to be part of it. Uh, I keep saying this. And also like to thank, of course, everyone for giving me this option, of course, being part of this special event. But I have actually now, um, I would say that climate-wise, I think I, I know uh, much more. I've experienced myself much more. Mm -hmm. Like uh, like Louis said, I'm not an expert at all. But you don't have to be an expert. You see it yourself. And that's where I think it's, I, find it, I feel it's very urgent uh, for, for all of us to come together. But yeah, no title, uh, but very glad uh, and it's an honor for me to be part of Storm and Race. <laughs> so thank you, Namgi, today and of course, Luis, uh, to your podcast as well and then and, and, uh, jumping right out of the truck, coming from Laia today and, and making time for this. Yeah. And so full of energy. Yes. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. This episode of Hello from Bhutan is brought to you by the Department of Tourism. The department was formerly called the Tourism Council of Bhutan. Mm -hmm.